You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Everybody, episode 159 of Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. I am your host, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City. And it is a brisk, windy, uh, almost spring, late night here in the Big Apple. And... uh, yeah, we're rounding up on uh, Saturday morning now. I guess technically we're there. Um, uh, after what was a pretty nice Friday, I think, certainly weather-wise. I, I won't talk about Besiktas results to avoid spoilers, but if you know, you know. Um, yeah, huge match this weekend, obviously. Uh, actually, I guess technically uh, this week, since uh, we had a Friday match uh, for this match day, match day 28. Um, I, as we talked about in previous episodes, we played Istanbul Basakşehir here, last season's champion. So um, they're having a bad year, obviously. But what, what I did not get into uh, in the previous episode was, uh, and of course, shouts to Aaron Armstrong and... and Prior to that, I went to Khan Bayazit, of course, uh, for stepping in and co-hosting with me these last couple episodes. But of course, this uh, episode I'm rolling solo, and so I can kind of go into some of these details that I sort of glossed over last last episode. Um, Bashaksha here is, as most of you know, not doing well in the Super League standings this season. Um, coming into this match. They had 29 points, and they were pretty low in the table, uh, 16th place, so um, not far out of the relegation zone. Only three points above Ankara Guju, um, with two games played, two more games played, so um, Rize, Ankara Guju, uh, Denizli, and Gensler each have only played 27 matches, whereas Bashakshir has played 29. So uh, Ankara Guju could pass Bashakshir easily. Rize, uh, could also pass Ashaki here, which would put them into the relegation zone. Just that alone. Um, Erzurumspor could theoretically go level with them on points. They only have one game in hand, relatively. But anyway, so yeah, Ashaki here is certainly in dire straits when it comes to the table coming into this match. With that said, they. Say we're turning things around, at least in theory. They, they beat Gensler on the road in the previous match, um, 1-0 or 0-1. They managed two draws in a row against Konya, who we know can be feisty opposition, and Antalya Spor as well, who we also know can be feisty opposition. Uh, against Konya, that was a 1-1 draw, and against Antalya, it shouldn't surprise anyone, was 0-0. 
Uh, prior to that, they'd lost to Trabzonspor and Guztepe, and then previously to Fener in the quarterfinals. Uh, or sorry, they'd beaten Fener in the quarterfinals two to one, obviously, because we're gonna play them next. Um, but so in their previous, in that uh, fifth, I think it was their five matches ago. One, two, three. Maybe six, okay, whatever. But they'd lost to like, Fatikara Gumruk, they'd lost to like, Galatasaray, they'd lost to Hatay Spore. <clears throat> Five to one, no less. So, yeah, I mean, just terrible results until these last three weeks where they've managed um, five points, which isn't so exciting in three weeks, but for them, at least would sort of suggest they were turning the tide. Uh, certainly, have, they have plenty to play for against us in a match like this. Um, and uh, it goes without saying that we would also have a lot to play for as well. Now, I should probably mention other matches going into this match day. Um, from the, the end of last week, we have Fener lose, uh, sorry, that'd be wish, uh, beating Konya three to nil. Um, actually, I think we may have mentioned this with Aaron. But whatever, I'll say it again. Galatasaray was held to a 2-2 draw. Sivas. Um, this is important because Galatasaray was closer to us in the standing. So with a win, we could put a little space between us here. Now remember, we're playing with that match in hand because we had the bye week. Uh, which is why this is technically, um, for the current match day, you know, we'll, we'll go back a game in hand. But... We have this match day result since we played the first match of this match day. So anyway, whatever it is, we're going to end this this game uh, with 28 matches played just as Galatasaray and Fener have. And so we can get a good sense of where we are on the table. Uh, so let's dive into the match. Um, just, you know, huge. Every game is so big and now we're really coming down to the wire here. So um, you, you can't stress enough how important every point is at this juncture of the season uh, and anytime your rivals drop points it's your chance to seize the day if you will so let's talk about lineups uh, I'm gonna do something different this week I'll talk about Bashakshir's lineup first because they are they have enough guys we'd recognize that it's worth talking about their back line was Wesley Punk and Epurianu uh, a name anybody who's been watching the Super League will recognize. Uh, on the left side of their defense is Hassan Ali Calderim, Hak, if you will. On the right side of their defense, Rafael, a guy who we were linked to, actually, prior, prior, prior to getting uh, Valentin Rosier. Uh, I don't think any of us feel too sad about that. Uh, in their midfield, Mehmet Topal would, would get a start for them. Uh, next to Berkay Uzjan, in the center of their midfield with Giuliano starting uh, in the front of their midfield. Denis Turuc on the right side and Daniel, Daniel, I don't know, take your pick. Daniel Alexic on the left side. And of course, um, Crivelli, I'm trying to think of it for Enzo, the Enzo Crivelli starting up front for them. So no Dembaba, you know, some names that we might recognize were not out there. No Edin Vizca, no Ravil Tagir, no Tolga Chigerci, uh, Umer Ali Shahina. They have a lot of Indiashimie, 
a lot of guys on their bench. Uh, and most interestingly, I think, for me anyway, was seeing Volkan Babajan starting in their goal, not Mert Gunak. Um, you know, I don't know what the deal is there. Aikud Kojman clearly had a favorite. For us, no surprises, honestly. Uh, Erson Destanolu in the goal, Domingos Vida and Wellington in the back line. Uh, I guess one surprise, perhaps. Fabrice and Sakula played left back, not Vidvan Yilmaz. Um, Vidvan, no notably, was on a yellow card. Uh, he could have been banned or you know, suspended for a match if he put, pulled another yellow card in this match and would have missed the game against Fenner. So, theoretically, he could have been being saved for that. Uh, Valentin Rosier started on the right side. He was in the same scenario, but obviously we don't really have the backup there to, to rely on. Unfortunately, I guess that means Bilal Jelan is not that man. Um, Joseph de Souza started on the back of our midfield with Atiba sort of uh, ahead of him, and, and then of course Adem Liaich as our 10, fabled 10. Rashid Gazal on the right side, Kyle Laren on the left. No surprises there for anyone who's been following us this season. And of course, finally, Vincent Abubakar starting up front. Man on fire coming into this match after a solid match in our previous week. Um, yeah, can't, can't say enough about how he fared against Gaziantep. Um, scoring both of our goals in that match and really helping secure, again, all of our matches are important these days. But you can't say enough about a guy scoring a brace um, and helping us get three points at this juncture in the season. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's that's the role he had been on coming into this match. And we would hope for someone to step up, if not him, uh, in this one. And so let's, let's talk about how things occurred. Pull out my notes here. Here I'm not making things up. Um, so yeah, in the third minute, so this this game would prove to be intense, and I think everyone was underwhelmed by how Besiktas stepped out of the gates. Uh, they did not look particularly solid, um, and certainly Basakshi here looked to put us on our back foot. Um, when they defended, they defended with seven men back and were sort of parking the bus, but they got forward with ease, and Enzo Crivelli was definitely a, a huge part of that and, and, and indeed in the third minute he would dangerously roll up the left side uh, find Daniel 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 Alexic um, in the box very nicely and yeah Alexic would put in a solid just ripping a shot off the crossbar and so, yes, we would be all given a little mini heart attack there right out of the gates. In the sixth minute, however, we would return the favor. Valentin Lozier sending in a sort of poor cross that was defended as poorly, perhaps, um, headed out to Vincent Abubakar, who would send in a shot low across the goal and also very nearly score and rattle the post. Um, so two shots off the post, one each in the first six minutes of this match. And so clearly, we, we both sides were coming in with some intent, um, but they were not shaken that much by it as the next real opportunity would come for them in the 20th minute vis-a-vis -vis 
Again, Enzo Crivelli. Um, this time doing it all himself. Rounding Vida. Rounding Wellington initially, then rounding Vida, which was not so fun to watch. And then Wellington racing back and sort of still not managing to stop him. Enzo Crivelli then sending a shot in, which would be saved one on one by Ersin Destanolu, our young keeper. Can't say enough about a save like that. Um, absolutely kept us in this in a match that we could easily have gone down early here and that would have been tragic for us um, you know they were already showing the sort of proclivity to send seven guys back in defense so uh, and, and still they managed to, to, to possess the ball fairly well but um, 41st minute we would get some revenge for, for all those scares uh, but maybe even more than revenge, more than just desserts, if you will. 41st minute, Atiba would send in a very lovely ball on low to Vincent Abubakar, who would just... I thought it was a shot initially that he flubbed, and then you see the replay, and it was just this brilliant, juke-fake shot into a pass that, that I mean, he finds Kyle Laren perfectly. Laren, very interestingly... Um, back heels it, sort of side back heels it, um, but does it well enough that it's clearly got power on it uh, and direction because it's uh, bobbled by Raphael, um, bounces up and into the goal, Epuriano making an effort but kind of kicking it further into the, up, the netting of the upper goal, uh, which means it was probably already a goal before he made contact. And there it is, Besiktas, 1-0, Kyle Laren. I mean, it's actually something of a beautiful goal, despite it looking fairly accidental, to be honest. But, um, I mean, not at all accidental, rather uh, lucky, fortunate with the bouncing and whatnot. But um, certainly the effort was there and the technique. Uh, so you love to see it. Kyle Laren scoring goal number 14. Uh, yeah, just can't say enough about this, this side. Our attacking. Uh, and that's it. They would go in the half, uh, up 1-0. And I think Bashakshi here could feel aggrieved, if we're gonna be honest. Um, but, eh, we're not gonna sweat over the details here. Um, out of the half, the first sub, or I guess the first yellow card was handed out to none other than Daniel Alexic, who had hit the post early in the match. Uh, in the first, uh, 51st minute, rather, uh, Crivelli and Alexic would do some well actually Crivelli had a lovely pass not to Alexic but to somebody else on their side who I don't recall who passed it to Alexic who then dribbled well with it and sent it in absolutely perfectly to Denis Toruc who would put it in the back of the net with his head making it one to one uh, again you know probably deserved if we're going to be 100% honest although none of us were, were happy to see it uh, 53rd minute. Uh, Nsakala would send in a cross which was defended well, uh, but a little bit of bad luck. It would bounce to Joseph, who would send in just a ripper of a volley, a, a one-touch shot, which would be saved by Volkan Babajan. And uh, credit to the keeper there. Absolutely fantastic effort by Joseph. And he was signaling his intent, if you will. Uh, again, for those who know, know 
Uh, 61st minute, we finally got some yellow cards. Uh, Adem Lijic and Hassan Ali Kaldadim, who clearly wanted to help his former side Fenerbahce in this match, unfortunately. I uh, was, was playing for it here. Shoved Adem Lijic. Somehow they both got yellow cards, although I don't think Adem Lijic really did anything but get shoved. Um, nonetheless, arguing, I guess. But So they both get yellow cards. Um, unfortunate, but luckily not of any real consequence. Adem Lijic was not one of the guys who was nearing a suspension, so we can sort of we can afford that one. Um, 67th minute. Finally, a little bit more action. From here on out, the, the highlights would pretty much just be goals, which there's a bit of a spoiler, but uh, 67th minute on a corner kick, Rashid Ghazal would send it in nicely on, a, on his usual um, in-swinging from the right side with his left foot, curls it in, well in tone, finds it with his head, sends it across the goal low, just about what you need, uh, perfectly into the back of the net. Had it been a little wide, Kyle Laren would have been there to pop, pop it in. He probably could have been selfish and taken credit for it, but uh, I think he recognized it was a clear goal and let Wellington have it. And just again, huge stuff. We have the goal, the, the lead again, one to two, since we're technically on the road. Um, yeah, and just a huge goal there for Wellington and uh, a player who's been clutch. He made a few big tackles in this match. Also got caught out on both of our goals, perhaps, but um, not as much as others. Oops, I just said both of their goals. So I might as well just cut to it. They would score again in the 75th minute. And I'm, I've skipped some subs, which I'll go into. But um, basically, Mehmet Topal would... Uh, yeah, I don't know if this even qualifies as an assist, to be honest. Uh, because he's dribbling with it. It takes a real funky bounce off of Wellington. Uh, and just drops the Demba Ba perfectly, uh, really unfortunately. Topal's kind of like racing into the box with it, so nobody really predicts it. And Sakala's caught way out. And again, Demba Ba, who I didn't mention, I said I, I, meant, I skipped over some subs made, I'll, I'll come back over on it. But he was brought in for Enzo Crivelli, uh, and he would score right away. 75th minute, a goal, equalizing 2-2. Two uh, and now I'll go back and talk about those subs. So, uh, Umar Ali Shahiner would enter the match for Rafael. Interestingly. So that's an offensive move, I suppose. Again, Dembaba for Crivelli. Uh, a couple minutes later, we'd see Tolga Chigerji enter the game for Giuliano. So a defensive move there. Uh, but Edin Visca for uh, Daniel Alexic, who had been given a yellow card, but also had shown to, uh, some... Uh, formidable attacking prowess as well, so obviously you still fear Edin Vizca. Basakshi here is the club's leading goal scorer, has the second most appearances for them, but I don't know. Maybe he's still recovering from injuries, which is why uh, he didn't start, but anyway. Um, yeah, he didn't really play a role in that goal for them. <coughs> but I will also mention that Adem Lijayet had been brought out in the 72nd minute, so three minutes before their goal for Nejib, so we made a defensive move to kind of hold that 1-2 lead, and so to go back 2-2 was rather unfortunate, and we then didn't have Adem Lijic out there, 
Adam Leite played quite well, um, honestly. So that was unfortunate. Now we needed a goal again, and uh, we're playing defensively with three defensive midfielders. I mean, theoretically, I guess Atiba has really cemented himself as a central midfielder now. But anyway, nonetheless, I said all the highlights upcoming would be goals in an 84th minute. Rashid Gezal with a fancy little one-two played with uh, Valentin Rosier. Rosier would come out with it, sort of stub in across. Um, you know, he's sending it straight in, and so I don't know if he used the back, the back of his foot even, but it was a lovely effort. Um, it was a little high and wide of Joseph in the box. Epurianu misses it with his head. Perhaps a little luck on our part, but I don't know. Joseph plucks it out of the air with his foot. Brings it down perfectly and just smashes it into the goal. I, I said earlier he smashed one in that was saved brilliantly by Volkan Babajan. This one was not. Um, he was closer in and just couldn't be stopped. Couldn't be denied. Two to three. Besiktas takes the lead. The celebrations are jubilant. Joseph is, I mean, if he's not near and dear to your heart as a Besiktas fan by now, then you have a heart of iron. Um, but yeah, 94th minute and 45 seconds. So there's 45 seconds over the allotted time. They were given four minutes of extra time. So I don't know how this occurs, but um, a corner kick. Volkan Babajan runs upfield, but nonetheless, it's uh, skewed over the goal by them. Match is over. Besiktas wins. Besiktas wins! Uh, and just, yeah, you can't say enough about it, really. Just absolutely vital three points. Uh, I will have to talk about where that leaves us in the standings. I mentioned now we've all played 28 matches up there at the top, so we'll have a real good kind of clear reflection of, of where we are. I'll get into that. But obviously, first, I've got to talk some stats, some individual performances. Uh, I did fail to mention, by the way, Tolga... Chigerchi uh, got himself a yellow card late in this one, and we made some subs after our goal. Um, Nkudu came in for Laren in the 86th minute, as well as Ozan Oziakub coming in for Atiba. Uh, in the third minute of extra time, Dorukan would come in for Gezal and then almost give up a goal, if we're going to be honest. So I don't know. That guy should not be on the pitch for us. His heart is elsewhere. His mind is elsewhere. Heaven forbid it's for, with a rival. But needless to say, I don't think... Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, and things are clicking for us right now. So we don't need Dodokan anyway. Um, yeah, just a vital three points. Let's talk about stats. And so before I get into the key stats from Evron, I'm, I'm going to mention we have an exciting... Um, reintroduction to the hashtag after the beep segment uh, a, a listener sent in some comments about the match and he goes into stats a little bit but um, I don't want to skip over the section so I'll do this anyway and then he can kind of add some color commentary to those stats perhaps but so yeah 14 shots by Besiktas to their 9 5 on target to their 3 68 percent possession to 32 percent 781 passes completed at a 90 percent uh, rate of efficiency 
Um, just absolutely fantastic passing by Besiktas. They completed 374 passes at a 77% rate. They uh, committed 13 fouls to, to Besiktas's 10. They got three yellows to our one. Um, no offsides on either side, which is interesting. Four corner kicks uh, on their end to our one, which I think reflects... Um, it's definitely much more a reflection of how uh, they were trying to sort of scrap back into this match. Now, of course, uh, let's definitely talk about Evron's advanced stats. The ever-controversial XG, whether you like it or not, let's do it. Um, so Besiktas had 1.7 to Basakja here's 1.5 XG, which... Uh, you know, the, the, the fact that it's so close is accurate, although the score was 3-2, to two, so somehow they actually got that way off. Um, remember, I said, I think, 14 shots to their 10, 5 on target to their 3, so, I don't know, XG was a little off conservatively this, this time around. I'm um, talking about stats, I think one of the more impressive stat lines would go to Atiba Hutchinson, who completed 79 out of 80 passes. At a 99% rate, um, two for two uh, passes in the box, <clears throat> or into the box. So uh, yeah, can't say enough about Atiba's match. Still getting it done. Kyle Laren won nine out of 14 duels. We talked last week a little bit about how um, uh, omnipresent Kyle Laren has been defensively. Uh, and that certainly was the case again, uh, and very effective. Last week he was just trying a lot. This week he was very successful. Um, three interceptions by Kyle Laren as well, and one key pass, not to mention, of course, a goal. Um, Joseph won five out of seven duels, nine recoveries, which we mentioned last week are um, like when you win a loose ball or a kind of poor pass, you know? Not quite an interception. Um, he also had two interceptions, though. Uh, completed 71 out of 80 passes for an 89% rate. So very solid stuff from Joseph. Again, not to mention a goal. Also, um, uh, the, the near goal that was saved. So he was very influential, certainly. Um, what else have we here? Wellington completed 117 out of 126 passes at a 93% rate, he completed 11 of 13 long balls, won 9 of 11 duels, and 9 of those recoveries. Um, of note, obviously, he played a part in both goals. You know, the second goal might be a little unfair to say it was his fault, um, since it just sort of bounced off of uh, him. <laughs> you know, he had no part to play in it, really, other than just getting bounced off of. But um, nonetheless, certainly uh, the, the first goal he played a role in as far as not getting onto um, onto their guy. And, and, and you know, Crivelli posed him some problems that seemed early on as well. Uh, Valentin Rosier created three chances, one four out of nine duels, three interceptions, six recoveries. So a very solid game for the right back. Adem Ljajic. So those are the guys that, by the way, that Evron sort of brought attention to. 
I asked further for the stats of Liaich, who created three chances, won two out of two duels, uh, and completed 78 out of 81 percent. 71, ah, 78 out of 81 passes at a 96 percent rate. Excuse me, that was a tongue twister. Uh, I asked about Rashid Ghazal. He completed three key passes, uh, won five out of 14 duels. So he was trying, although not as successful defensively on the wing as Kyle Aaron was. Um, completed 60 out of 73% passes at an 82% rate. Um, remember, he's crossing the ball a lot, though, so that's going to bring that rate down a bit. Uh, and then finally, we have Fabrice Ansakalo, who won, you know, statistically, it's interesting, he won 8 out of 10 duels, 6 of those recoveries, 69 out of 77 passes at a 90% rate. And again, he's a, that's a lot of crossing as well, and poor crossing at that. Um, but no key passes, and that sort of alludes to the poor crossing I spoke of. And uh, certainly key roles in both goals scored, uh, especially the, the, the first. The second one, I really pity him for that bounce. Uh, I think a lot of people give him a lot of heat for that one. I actually think the first one is more his fault. Uh, you really can't say... You can't criticize too harshly how one would respond to that because uh, he, he was moving forward. Like, it looked like Wellington, you know, either Mehmet Topal's running sort of out of bounds somewhat frantically at a high speed or Wellington has defended and cleared it. And so Enzakla sort of makes the move to go forward and gets caught out. But anyway, so statistically, he had a pretty good match, although I think he doesn't necessarily pass the eye test uh, for a lot of people. Still not nearly as critical of him as I think a lot of others are. Uh, that would be it for the stats for this week. Uh, thanks again to Evron, of course, um, as usual. And, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers, kid. Hope you're doing well um, in Izmir, playing football and winning hearts and minds of your new club. Uh, yeah, go get him, Tiger. <laughs> Um, but so now let's talk standing. So as I mentioned, they're in the heat. You know, they're they're definitely suffering from relegation. Um, I think I was said talking about their matches played earlier, having two matches ahead of their opponents, and of course that's after our match. I should have said they were they were one match ahead. Now they're two matches ahead, so they got trouble. Um, their rivals can catch them. Rivals for relegation, that is. Uh, they have no real rivals, because they're not really a real team, if we're going to be honest. Uh, they just sort of popped out of nowhere. We're a Beledia squad. They don't have any fans. Anyway, let's talk about some real, real sides here. Uh, on the top of the table, first place, Besiktas, 63 points. Second place, Galatasaray, 58. Yes, Besiktas has a five-point advantage. A little space in first. Um, Fener uh, is tied on points with Galatasaray with 58, although with the goal differential they're behind um, pretty significantly. Actually, they don't—they have three less goals and they've allowed five more goals. They have a negative eight goal differential on Galatasaray, so they have a lot of work to do. Um, in that regard, although obviously that only comes into play if they have less points. And they're, they're still obviously in the running. Uh, our next match will come up against them. Our next Super League match, I should say. 
talk more about that later. But uh, yeah, they're they're you know obviously still in it. We have to beat them. Uh, Trabzon is in fourth with 51 points, a full 12 back now. Um, it's gonna be hard for them to catch up, obviously, with with 12 matches yet to play. Alanya has 46 points. They're not really in it, uh, and they're they're hardly even in the race for second or third. They're not 12 points back on Galatasaray and Fener. Same goes for Hatay, who also have 46 points. Finally, I guess Gaziantep, Gazisheher, earned 43. Fatih Karagumruk, the Fallen Kings, at 41. Uh, and that just about rounds it out. That's the top eight. Um, the only sides with more than 40 points. Again, though, Besiktas has 63. So I don't really need to be going that far down into the standings any longer. Um, yeah, needless to say. This is starting to round out as a, as a three-horse race. And uh, the usual suspects sitting at top. Obviously, I should talk a little bit about who Galatasaray and Fener have. Um, Galatasaray is playing Kaiseri. Kaiseri is not looking particularly good at the moment. Uh, although, you know, not really relegation bound. At least they have 31 points. And this is going to be played in Kaiseri. So, uh, you know, things can happen. Nobody knows, I suppose. Uh, meanwhile, Fenerbahce plays Gensler Berlin at home at noon tomorrow um so all of the action will be tomorrow uh and a lot of important results potentially although i think we can pretty much anticipate i mean Galatasaray and Fener are favorites we'll say uh i plays at 11 a.m tomorrow here on the east coast so i guess something interesting there is perhaps that Fener plays at noon Eastern Coast. I, I haven't seen a noon match here. Um, I guess that's a new feature of the Super League scheduling. Uh, but anyway, it is what it is. We're looking solid right now. Five points. Uh, you can't... Wow. I mean, just it feels like just yesterday we were sort of level with Gladys that I am points. So, yeah, feeling good. Our next match will be at home against Fenerbahce on Sunday, March 21st, also at noon. So that's special time slot for big games, I guess. Uh, that's our next league match. Our next actual match will be against none other than Basakshir here, again. This time a home match, although again, I, if there were fans, it would have been a home match for us there too. Um, just given again that they don't have any fans, but... Yeah, this match is again a weird time. Set your alarms for this one, or your you know stopwatches, or whatever it is. Uh, Tuesday, March sixteenth, Besiktas is playing Besiktas here at 1:45 p.m. in the 1:45 in the afternoon here, uh, Eastern Coast of the United States. So again, check your local listings. Weird scheduling going on here for these next two matches. Uh, next few matches, I think we're gonna have a bunch of noon matches upcoming. Unless those are just not decided, uh, I. Wouldn't expect that to be the case though, because like Fenner's match is tomorrow at noon, so I'm sure that's been decided. Um, I don't know with sort of um, time zones and all that. I know daylight savings is not universal at all these days, so I have no idea why that is. But whatever it is that's causing it, I don't mind it being at noon. I suppose it's like a lunchtime meal for meal time 
uh, match for us here. Anyway, stay tuned for more. We will be back, obviously, after the cup match post-Tuesday, maybe with Khan, you know, since because it, it was Wednesday limitations. That, it could line up this time again. Uh, but definitely also we'll be back post-Fenner. I'll try to round up a co-host for that because that's an absolutely huge match. Um, just the outcome of that will be so determinative. <clears throat> so stay tuned. Um, I will again mention congratulations to Oktai Ismailolu for winning the kit. We got a hold of him. The Atiba Hutchinson match worn. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Send us a picture. Uh, of you in your kit once it arrives <coughs> should be sent relatively soon from our friends in Scotland <coughs> it's, a, it's a shame that I don't have it it would have been faster since apparently the guy is stateside but anyhow what else is there to say nothing follow us on twitter at eagles underscore podcast follow myself at sir underscore rights underscore a lot follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles Podcast, one word, and of course, stay tuned for our hashtag after the beep this week for our special guest. Um, it's just occurring to me that I don't know his real name. He told me told me to refer to him as the Southern Eagle. He's he's currently in um, Richmond, Virginia, here in the states, <coughs> um, on work. I believe he's originally from Turkey, so I don't know if Southern is a reference to being from Southern Turkey or being a southern from southern United States at the moment, um, but whatever it is, we welcome all input from any of you listeners. So uh, I hope this will inspire others to contribute after the beat messages to us. But so yeah, after our um, theme song, stay tuned for the hashtag after the beep, uh, making its grand triumphant return, um, and. Yeah, uh, see you next time, folks. Can't wait to be back with hopefully more good news. Um, I do, of course, have to mention one final. Go Bessex Hawks! Out, everyone. Go, you derby coming up. Put on your lucky jersey or whatever it is, you know, your lucky socks, whatever it is. That's with him. Second half starting. For the first half game, uh, we saw what we expected to see. I could Kojaman teams put the double-decker London Bonds in front of their penalty box. They played defensive usually and try to run behind the Beshtash defense. And they usually use the corridor on the Ensekala side. And uh, despite that, Beshtash did actually good ball position around 73%.
and 470 accurate passes they did also. For second half, Besiktas should be extra careful not to make the same mistakes that we made in Trabzonspor game. We were also leading there 1-0, but uh, with the counter-attacks, Trabzonspor scored on us. So hopefully the team learned from the mistakes and they will not repeat. If we stay calm, I believe Besiktas will win this game and go to the Turkish Cup game on Tuesday against same team again with more confidence. The another thing is also keep our players that who are on the brink of getting uh, penalized for the fourth yellow cards against the Fenerbahce derby next week. If we get the second goal and the third goal around 60-70 minute, we should replace Gazal, Rosier, and Souza with the alternatives. I just had a meeting after the game, so therefore I'm commenting about the second half now. First of all, it's a huge win. I mean, this win is going to put a lot of pressure for Galatasaray when they're playing away against Kaysersport. And even on Fenerbahce. Fenerbahce is an easier game compared to Galatasaray this weekend. Uh, but this uh, now makes the five-point clearance between them and us. And that's also <clears throat> good moral boost for Besiktas against the Turkish Cup game on Tuesday against the same team. Uh, I would like to start with the problem. The problem is Ansakala. Uh, he has no control. I mean, the defender should check 360 degree. For the both goal Basakshir scored on Besiktas uh, were uh, Ansakala's mistakes. He should have followed his uh, opponents, the Basakshir players. He was uh, sleeping in our penalty box area. I mean, he's trying hard. He wants to be helpful. But his capacity is limited. I think the Sergen Yalcem put him to be a strong uh, on physically against these uh, Başakşehir players because there you are fighting with uh, all Denis Turuc, Crivelli, Dembaba, and so on. They are all big players compared uh, to Rudvan. For that reason, he didn't put the Rudvan Yilmaz uh, and wanted to take advantage of Ansakala's physical uh, strength. But the physical strength sometimes uh, lose against the smartness and uh, he's not as smart as Rudvan and Rudvan has much more ball control and also the control around and surroundings. Uh, for that reason, these two goals were uh, faults of Ansakala, I would say. Good thing is we kept calm, we kept pressuring, I mean, Actually, it's easier than I thought. I mean, I thought the Başakşehir would be much harder defense, uh, defensive team. They did not do that well. And their center, uh, the famous Epriano, Moldovian, uh, I think he's not in the good form right now. He's making mistakes. And uh, on Sazo's goal, that was excellent control and nice shot. but. They were all fall asleep there and we didn't test their goalkeeper much. He was also actually weakest link in the Başakşehir team. Anyhow, the best news also, we did not have any uh, players shown yellow card. So missing against the Derby game Fenerbahce on next Sunday. Um, that's it right now. I'll, I'll put more uh, when I think of something else and send another voice message. Have a good one. Bye.
One interesting note is it was 89th minute and there was no offside in this game. I mean, that, that shows how the teams actually set their plays for both teams well. They were very careful and there was no offside given in this game. Interesting. Just to add, <clears throat> I've checked uh, some statistics after the game. Uh, in the first half, Bishtas had uh, 73%, I think, ball control with over 410-something uh, accurate passing. That increased 710 accurate passing the, for full game. And the overall ball control for Besiktas was 68% for the full game. I mean, that shows Besiktas was the uh, confident team. Despite that caught twice by the uh, Basakshir's uh, goals and with the Ansakala's mistakes, uh, we did... Uh, recover and a fabulous goal from Souza actually sealed the win for Besiktas. From now on, let the Fenerbahce and Galatasaray think about Besiktas. We are happy. That's actually advantage also putting other pressure on the, our opponents. What I learned, I'm now taking a walk in, in our area. Besiktas did 782 passing attempts in the game and 710 of them were accurate. That's like a Barcelona level, guys, Manchester City levels. Really, I mean, Besiktas is playing beyond Turkish League. And only obstacle in front of Besiktas, us, is the referees, nothing else. Not the opponents. I want to add one more thing. Actually, it was same in our Gaziantep game. When we defense, our handicaps are coming uh, into the play. They are surfacing, actually like on Wellington, and the Rudvan was okay in the Gaziantep game, but in this game, both uh, Sakala and Wellington uh, made mistakes, and all those mistakes happened when we were full team in defense. For best defense for Besiktas, actually, when we play the game in the other half of the field. And uh, we do good blockage on the whenever we lose the ball, but when we start thinking of defense in our half, actually, we make mistakes. That's my two penny. Have a nice evening. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.